Welcome to Positively Speaking, the podcast that explores experiences of people living with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. I'm your host, Liz Creel. I'm a social worker at Casey House, an HIV specialty hospital in Toronto, Canada. If you've listened to our previous episodes, you'll know that we've discussed a wide range of topics. Some of the stories were hard to hear. Despite all the medical advances, living with HIV is not as simple as some may think. Many people go through extreme hardships. We see that every day at Casey House. The people we work with do not represent everyone living with HIV, but their stories should still resonate with many. For our last episode of the season, we wanted to end on an encouraging note. So we're going to talk about living positively with HIV. You're going to hear from four people living with HIV, three of whom are long-term survivors. Despite multiple adversities, all were able to turn their lives around and overcome the many challenges they faced. Let's start with Robert. He's a long-term survivor who was diagnosed with HIV at the beginning of the epidemic. At that time, he was told by his doctor that he didn't have long to live. Robert reflects on his journey with HIV, on his life after the diagnosis, and how it impacts him today. We all, as human beings, can get sad and get depressed. And if you're HIV positive, a lot of things are taken away from you. And there are opportunities that are lost that you never get back. Life just slips by. People slip out of your life. Those opportunities slip out of your hand. And your life takes a whole different direction. And uh, sometimes when you're alone and you feel, I am going to talk about myself. Sometimes when I... I'm alone, even till today. I always feel like, what if, you know, what if this hadn't happened? Where would I be? What would I be doing? Would I be happy? And then I always um, think about where I'm at. And, you know, just the fact that I'm alive and I have to be thankful for that. And um, I just go into reflection and then I'm fine. I'm strong again. Robert has realized that regret is a negative emotion that can weigh you down. But thankfulness can lift you up. It can even inspire you to do more than you would ever thought possible. That's certainly true for Kenneth. He's a 60-year-old gay man originally from Hong Kong. He moved to Canada in the mid-70s and has been living with HIV for 33 years. 13 years ago, Kenneth was diagnosed with AIDS and came to Casey House for end-of-life care. Remarkably, he survived and left Casey House after two years. Despite losing his sight due to an AIDS-related infection, he now lives independently with the assistance of a guide dog. He's also a dynamic and active member of the community. I look good physically, I look well, but I still have a lot of uh, health issues, you know, such as my osteoporosis, you know, and uh, also my visual impairment that I have to deal with. So something that is it's not easy not to think about it, right? It always comes to your mind how you deal with it. But at the same time, I have to accept it. I want to keep myself going. Every day when I get up in the morning, I want to do something. I have a goal, what I want to do. I want to accomplish something, maybe giving back to the community, and maybe do something good for my own self. Elliot is a 38-year-old gay man. He's a former professional principal ballet dancer and was the spouse of a Canadian diplomat for 12 years. He was diagnosed with HIV five years ago. Elliot shares how he came to the realization that getting the support he needed had to start from within. 
It wasn't until I was in a group um, sort of like training session uh, in a rehab facility that people talked about uh, support um, and what what support networks were available. I'm thinking, okay, well, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what support is. And then I realized, well, it starts with me. Group support helped Elliot change his entire perspective on his illness and his life. It did the same for Francois. He's a 63-year-old gay man, originally from Quebec. Francois has been living with HIV for 30 years. He became involved with a number of HIV AIDS service organizations in Toronto when his first lover died at Casey House. He finds support through his meditation group and healing circle. On Sunday, we used to have a healing circle, which were probably close to 50 people uh, meditating and trying to uh, refocus our lives. And that was a very lifesaver for me. And that's where I learned that meditation is extremely important in my life. So my support system, which is very vital for me, uh, not only to live, but sometimes when I think like when I will be on my deathbed, I won't be alone. Being able to share experiences and knowledge with someone who's also HIV positive and understands your situation can be very powerful. It can also have a positive impact on others. Kenneth found a community, a sense of belonging, and a place he felt safe to share and learn from others. I think HIV brought to my life is the community. It's the community that I never expect, that they are so welcoming. It creates a safe space for me to participate and to learn from each other. And always give me great resource and information about how to seek help. I think this is a gift to the community and to me as well. Disclosing HIV status isn't easy to do. And as we've heard in previous episodes, it can even be risky. When people feel empowered and safe to disclose, it can result in a positive experience. Kenneth talks further about how disclosing his status was empowering and enabled him to find acceptance slowly disclose my status to people that I trust. Uh, for example, when I remember I disclosed my status to, not to my family first, to my very close friends and to my partner on the same day that I disclosed my status. And I was expecting a little bit more pushback when I disclosed my status but I was very grateful and very fortunate that they were really understanding. They also opened their arms and accepting me that I'm HIV positive. Nothing will be changed between our relationship. Having a supportive family can make the world of difference. In the episode on HIV and isolation, we heard from people who ended up isolated and lonely when they were estranged from their families. But that's not always the case. Robert describes how his kids are a source of great strength and joy for him. Well, now it's my children. I have two little people who rely on me, who love me very much and who I love very much. So I'll give you a small example. I was woken up on my birthday, which was in June, and they came to me and they sung me happy birthday and their kisses and hugs and I mean, it's so simple, but something people will say, oh, yeah, so what? But for me, that was like huge. It was like very powerful. 
I wouldn't trade that in for anything. Robert also illustrates the importance of organizations like Casey House that provide support for people living with HIV. He talks about not only receiving support, but the opportunity to contribute. It's always good to have external support that you can fall back on because sometimes life just gets overbearing for anyone. For you know, So to have that safety network is extremely important. So for now, Casey House has been extremely powerful for me with my caseworker, with the, with the day program, with connecting with this program, talking about myself candidly and my journey. It's all extremely powerful, and it's a network for me. It's there. I know KC House is there for me, and I'm there for KC House too. In Toronto, we're fortunate to have many support services for people living with and affected by HIV. Kenneth talks about how significant these have been for him. I have to say I get a lot of support from the mainstream aid service organization, ASO, Um when I first get diagnosed, I tend to reach out to the mainstream ASO. Uh, there is a, about three aid service organizations in Toronto that really supporting uh, for people living with HIV. So when I reach out to them, uh, they've been very helpful, very supportive. As we've been hearing, Believing in yourself and using one's own experience to help others can be very powerful and very liberating. This was the case for Francois and for Robert. I have no time for self-pity. Um, this is not helpful at all. Uh, it's actually guilt also. It's not a, a one that I feel guilty about. Uh, I stand for myself, which basically it's based on all the experience I, I, I had. And I believe in myself. I believed in what I learned were learn. And I use that learning experience to uh, help others also. Actually, what really helped me was I went through a six-week training program with Katie, and I became a treatment counselor. So I would voluntarily uh, answer the phone for people who would call in and give them um, you know, access to research that I had at my fingertips. So if someone had a question, if someone was depressed, just to be able to give them resources really quickly and to guide them in the right field. And if I didn't know the answer, then I'd get someone very quickly who knew the answer. So folks didn't have to wait, didn't have to think. So if they're really depressed, they're sad about something, we'd connect them very quickly with the right person, with the right service provider. For Kenneth, his pathway to happiness and fulfillment came through sharing his own hard-earned wisdom. I think my value is basically helping people, right, in a compassionate way. But at the same time, I, when I support some, someone within my own capacity, you know, and some of the peers or some of the, uh, the, the, my friends who come to talk to me about certain issues or certain problems, I will listen to it, maybe give some advice or give some resources for them. At the same time, I think it's up to the individual whether they want to seek help or they want to take action for themselves. But many times when I support my peers, some of the peers came to me and say, hey, thank you very much, Kenneth, which give me a lot of joy and happiness that I do something great for that person. 
Like Kenneth, Robert had been a Casey House client for many years. Also like Kenneth and many others, Robert transitioned into a service provider role and was able to use his lived experience to support others. I got a true understanding of myself because um, first I was a client and I had a lot of needs. And then I became a service provider and everything was turned around because clients had needs. So I was kind of able to see both sides and I could understand how clients' needs couldn't always be met. But also, uh, putting myself in their shoes and, you know, explaining to them properly, it, it actually helped a lot because I had that perception to be able to do that. Kenneth speaks about how having a mentor had a positive impact on him and taught him the importance of balancing the different roles that he carries. One of my mentors will be from a mainstream organization. He used to do health promotion And then he's been working in this field for so many years. And he teach me the role, how to do a little bit more self-care, how to be uh, a very holistic well-being. And because of him, I think it sort of pays myself that I'm working uh, part-time as a health promotion coordinator in 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 an ethno-racial community, a services organization. Being open to mentors and reaching out to peers allowed Kenneth to accept his HIV status. He's now in a position where he mentors others, utilizing his own lived experience. I really think that you have to accept yourself that you're HIV positive first. If you can get over your own status, you sort of, you know, uh, barricade yourself in that little circle and you cannot move forward. So if you can accept yourself that you're HIV positive and reaching out is also one of the main things that I do mostly when I first find out that I'm HIV positive. Reaching out to other community, to ASO, reaching out to your peers, uh, ask them for advice and learn from them. Don't isolate yourself. Don't get cooped up in your own little four walls, you know, and feel sad about it. There's many people who went through the same experience like myself and other can share that experience for you in a positive way. Getting an HIV diagnosis is a life-transforming event. For many people, it takes time to come to terms with their HIV status. But Elliot was able to confront his new reality and turn it into a positive. I think one of the positives of Becoming HIV positive is I got informed. Rather than living in this fear of our heritage, I got informed about the facts of HIV. I lived in naivety and I lived in a hole. And many people, because of the stigma of our history, live in that place. They, they are uninformed and they remain there. And I think that one of the positives that came out of this, I suddenly realized how lucky I am, how incredibly, how incredible our outcomes are now. It's hard to imagine that anyone living with HIV would consider themselves lucky. But for Elliot, this realization changed his perspective and his life. We hear this a lot at Casey House, how a simple change of perspective can change everything. Take Francois, for example. 
In the years following his diagnosis with AIDS, Francois dealt with some serious health issues, including a heart attack and pneumonia. But he managed to change these life-threatening health events into something positive. I'm so grateful that I am what I am at the time of my life. I'm 63 years old. My sexual life is gone. (laughs) And you know what? There is life after sex, let me tell you. There is life because there's not enough for 24 hours in a day for me. Uh, I really have to unplug every night and and go to bed. Uh, it's, there's, it's wonderful what I'm going through. Because if I would have not been HIV, my experience would have been different. I believe then each condition, physical condition or disease than a person going through receive a lot of power to deal with it. Some of us are capable of seeing the signs, others cannot, and I don't know what's the reason behind it. And I'm not saying then because I'm very grateful to be, uh, to be HIV, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the experience of going through it is positive. All the change in, occur in my life, the, all the decision I made was because I was HIV. Taking the positive from a negative experience is a powerful tool for people living with HIV. But it's easier said than done. Everyone finds their own way to do it. For Robert, it meant educating himself on his illness. Knowing and understanding how HIV was affecting his body helped him feel more in control of his own health. Well, for me, what really worked well was understanding HIV and taking away the fear of being HIV positive by actually stripping it down to its bare bones and understanding it very scientifically. And my mind does work very scientifically, so I could actually go down, do CD4, CD8 ratios. So even when I got my own blood work, I would able I would drive my doctor crazy. I'd ask him 20 questions. And he'd go like, whoa, are you going to become a doctor? Or what's going on here? And I'd say, no, no, I just need to empower myself about my own health. Because HIV has no cure and is considered an episodic disability, people living with HIV experience intermittent challenges. Robert reflects on how yoga, meditation, and reflection helped him overcome some of the inevitable challenges of living with HIV. Anger, denial, guilt, and all that kind of stuff. Well, these feelings come and go. They're still there, but I'm quite able to deal with them now. I know how to deal with them and what to do. I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of yoga. I do a lot of reflection. So I'm able to curb them and handle them quite well now. Learning to cope with all the emotions associated with HIV is important to living positively, especially the emotions of others. Just ask Elliot. He managed to maintain a positive attitude despite being judged by others. And he's grateful for his ability to overcome the challenges he's faced. I'm ultimately very grateful. And I think that gratitude is now the lens through which I participate in life. I can fixate on how I've fallen from grace and people's opinions on who I was and who I am now. And I am not oppressed by those judgments or those calls or those fears of other people. I am living for me. I am grateful for everything that's gone before. I'm grateful for everyone that has offered me hope, everyone that has given me 
difficulty. Everyone that's given me shit because overcoming that has taught me who I am, how capable I am, how much I have to do to outrun those obstacles and to ultimately build myself to be able to to succeed. For Kenneth, disclosing his HIV status publicly has given him strength. On a personal level, I would say when I disclosed my status publicly, it actually helped my my own self. It really feed my soul because sometimes I find way to grieve or maybe I have some anger within myself about my HIV status. By speaking about it, actually I feel that's a comfort within me. For Elliot, it was important for him to ask for help in creating a vision of where he wants to be, all while being prepared to move there slowly, step by step. I had the skills necessary to ask for help. I mean, it's a process. You can't jump into any step. You can't go from A to C. You have to have your B part one, B part two. It's, it's incremental, it's slow, and you don't know where you're going. You're just at C. But I knew that I had light ahead. I knew that I had a destination in mind. And that was happiness, like true happiness again. Our guests today have all succeeded in living positively with HIV. But many others have not. So we asked each of our guests to leave the audience with a message of hope. Here's what they had to say. I've been through the highs and lows, and life for anyone is highs and lows. It's never a high or just a low. Others, you never even appreciate it, right? But when someone is living with HIV, and if I'm sending a message out to someone, is to respect yourself, to love yourself deeply, uh, to treat your body like... um, with respect. Be careful what you put in it because what you give your body is what you're gonna get from your body. Try not to self-destruct. Try not to escape. Try and be with the moment and try and come to terms with who you are and where you're going and be real about it to yourself and to others. Have a little bit more compassion and understanding towards people living with HIV. And to the people who are living with HIV, I think it's up to you to support other people who are living with HIV, providing a little bit more compassion, a little bit more empathy towards each other and create a very safe and welcoming space for the community. In terms of the community, I think the community have to come together, voicing out exactly what we need in the present moment, maybe finding treatment, uh, finding cure, or maybe uh, having a voice about we are just a normal human being, but the only difference is that we are HIV positive. But we can still living uh, in very long life, healthily, uh, up to the 70s and 80s. We can give up, it's not over. The AIDS crisis is still here, and it just has changed face. We're no longer dying from HIV and AIDS, from what some people say, but we do die from the cause of the medication and living long-term with HIV AIDS. So we have to be careful of thinking it's all over because it's not over until it is over. So if there's something then I would say to people 
would be look at yourself and try to find who you really are and what you can bring to this planet. And God knows we need some healers with what's going on on the planet. It's just very difficult to look at sometimes. And just enjoy the ride. <laughs> I still hope, but I can only, only help them understand by leading my best life and living amongst the people that do accept and then take every opportunity to forgive, to teach and to lead. There's very few people that expect you to succeed. And as I said, being a social pariah is a gift because with no expectations comes absolutely no pressure. So even though small minds can take you out of the game, you have big ideas and small minds can take you out. Dream big anyway, because everyone's watching, but no one expects you to succeed. So succeed anyway. In this episode, we've heard about the importance of support for people living with HIV. Equally, we've heard about the importance of being able to give back to others and about the power of knowledge. And we've also heard individual stories of overcoming challenges and stories of self-acceptance. We'd like to thank our guests, Robert, Kenneth, Francois, and Elliot for sharing their stories. And a special thank you to all our guests throughout this season who participated in this podcast. We'd also like to thank our podcast advisory group and all the people who work tirelessly behind the scenes. Garnett and Tony, we couldn't have done this without you. And of course, a big shout out to you, our listeners. We're overwhelmed with the support and feedback we've received. And thank you to Casey House for providing us with this opportunity. This episode was produced by the RTA School of Media at Ryerson University. It was written and produced by Andre Sorrento, Amanda Crawford, and me, Liz Creel. The music was composed and performed by Nick Nussbaum. Remember to subscribe to Positively Speaking on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments or questions about this episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at caseyhouse.ca. You can also visit our website at caseyhouse.com for a transcript of this episode, a glossary of terms, and occasional bonus material. We're excited to announce that we're hard at work on season two. Our format for this season will be slightly different based on feedback we've received. One episode will focus entirely on the experiences of Eric, his remarkable life, and his decision and journey to a medically assisted death. Here's a short clip from that episode. As I understood that I was losing my ability to move around and my legs got weaker and weaker, that sort of became my, uh, my line. You know, my sort of, once I can, once I need to be hoisted everywhere, once I have to have a team of people to eke out a daily existence, that would no longer be what I wanted. And I'm headed very quickly in that direction. Things are in fact accelerating. So I've decided, or I don't know when I made the definitive decision, I've spoken with great people here at Casey House to just to think things through and I've decided that I've totally lost my independence now and for me it's time to move on thanks for listening and see you next season